You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, friend. We are so, so excited you chose to tune in to today's episode. Today is a treat for all of our photographer listeners out there. This is a mandatory non-skip episode. Like, I am sorry, you are not allowed to not listen to this episode. We got to chat with the phenomenal Kaylee from Kansas. And when I tell you, you are about to get so freaking much gold out of this episode, I am not kidding. If you don't know who Kaylee is, Kaylee from Kansas is a documentary wedding and family photographer based in Kansas City and traveling worldwide. Her images focus on light, connection, composition, and feeling, and wowza, is she dang good at just that. Kaylee is also an educator teaching heart-forward documentation and inspiration for photographers. Today, we talked with Kaylee about so much, but the heart of the conversation lies in how she's able to capture imagery that evokes feeling and emotion, and how she's built a photography business over the years that has allowed her to capture human beings in real, honest, fine art ways that makes her truly one of a kind. We ask her how she got started in her photography journey, what her opinion is on having a niche as she's known for shooting couples, weddings, families, newborns, and editorial artistic portraits. Kaylee gives tangible tips of things that she does on a shoot that help her make space for her clients to be comfortable, how she thinks of composition when creating art, and how she's created the artistic work she most connected with, even at the beginning of her business when the clients coming to her weren't necessarily the kind that understood or valued her style just yet. AKA, what do you do when trying to create art on a session, but a kid is wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt that's distracting and throwing a temper tantrum? Anyways, trust me, when I tell you, if you go anywhere and don't listen to this entire episode, you will drastically be missing out on some pure gold. Kaylee brought the fire and we are so excited for you to hear what she has to say. So I'll stop talking and let's welcome her onto the show. Hey, you. Yes, you listening to this podcast. Do you feel like you've lost all passion, motivation, and creativity? If your hand is raised high to the sky, it sounds like you might be struggling with a little thing we like to call burnout. And let me just tell you, you are not alone in that struggle. We've both struggled hard with burnout in the past couple of years, pushing ourselves beyond our boundaries without any time to rest. Yeah, let me tell you, it is not fun. Over the last year, we've been diligent in setting up boundaries to combat burnout. And let me tell you, we have learned a thing or two. If you've been here for a while, you know we are all about sharing the love and helpful info at The Heart University. That is why we want to share our tools and strategies to help you deal with feeling completely depleted. Because as business owners, we are all at risk of burnout. So if you're on the edge and needing help prioritizing rest in your schedule, look no further. We have a freebie ready for you to download and implement into your life. Snag it at theheartuniversity.com forward slash burnout. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Kaylee, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. Oh my goodness, we are so excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh man. Yeah, I am so excited for this conversation. I know Evie is too. We uh, are obsessed with you. I, I have, <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, I've had Kaylee shoot uh, me and Eloise and then also our family photos uh, twice now. I just love your work. You are the freaking pinnacle of the definition <laughs> of artist. Um, and we are just so excited. So Thank I guess before you. we dive in, could you tell a little bit uh, about yourself to our listeners, how you got to where you are, your photography journey, all of that? Yes, absolutely. So I'm Kaylee. Um, I am based in Kansas City and I travel worldwide for weddings and families actually too, um, which is super exciting. Um, my journey isn't anything too crazy exciting. I basically just have always loved photography. I used to snap photos of like friends and just little things on like disposables. Used to go to like the one hour photo, all of that. Um, and then I kind of figured out that I loved just documenting my friends. That's kind of where it started. And then I ended up going to college for it and getting a BFA in fine art um, photography. So that's kind of more my background is fine art. And we actually, um, I used to develop and do all of my own film in the dark mm. room. So I kind of lived in there. Um, so now that it's just coming back in full force, which I so love, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm finally kind of adding it into my current wedding collections and couple shoots and stuff. So it's really nice to like learn it all over again. Um, but back in college, I did that. And then out of college, I actually ended up working retail. Um, so retail management on top of photography. So I was like doing that for years and years until finally I had this like epiphany. Um, I just, I always remember like being, I actually worked for Madewell, um, which was a great company. Love them. But I was very on brand for you. I feel like (laughs) I loved it. I just, ultimately I, I basically treated it as like my baby, even though it wasn't mine, it was obviously a corporate company. And I just felt like I was getting just burned out with, you know, shooting on any days that I was off. And I know that this is definitely relatable to some listeners and just like people I've mentored where they're like kind of teetering on, you know, leaving their full-time job and kind of jumping into the unknown. And I finally, literally it took till 2017 um, for me to finally like take the leap and leave. But the moment I did, we actually got married that like a month later in Scotland. And it was just like the best, most freeing time of my life. So that was kind of where I ended, um, everything else, like the, you know, the hustle of having two Mm -hmm. jobs. Um, but honestly within that, like decade of shoot, I've kind of been shooting for over a decade now, but in that time I've, I've done pretty much everything and I've kind of learned what, you know, fuels me and where my passion is. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I've been running Kaylee from Kansas was kind of born in 2012. Um, but I went full-time in 2017 and now it's just like, I wish I had done this sooner, but I'm such a realist that I was like, I want to be set up at least for the most part, you know? Um, and not just like basically jumping, but I think having a supportive partner was also a really big part in that. And even if you don't have someone, you know, in that sense, I think just having like any sort of community kind of like supporting you is really nice in that too. Amen. I love this. Wait, okay. I have, I have two questions, follow-up questions. One is 
very random, but I would love to hear your thoughts. How did you like getting a bachelor's in fine arts? Like, how did you like going to school for film or photography? Do you feel like that actually has impacted and influenced your work, your skills? Would you recommend it to others? Because I've heard so many thoughts on this and I would love to hear your experience with that. No, that's a great question. Honestly, <laughs> if I were to go back, I I still would probably get a degree in photography. My parents were like pushing me to get, I'm sure everyone has this happen where they're like, you have to get a business minor. You have to do like <laughs> something in business, which I started for like five seconds. And then I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm like the worst with like math and statistics and like the whole thing. So I would say if I were to go back, I would still go to school for it or some sort of art degree, but I would have like minimum studied abroad. I never did that. Um, And I would have probably gone to like more of an art school. I went to like a big 12 school here in Kansas City um, or in Kansas. And I mostly went for the experience of college versus like the degree itself, um, which I knew that it wasn't going to be the best program by any means. It's not like I was, you know, had any expectation, but I do feel like part of it, you know, parts of that time there within my, you know, my major, they did have a hand in, you know, what I'm doing now, but not enough to like justify going, you know? Right. So I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I think at least, you know, I honestly feel like traveling abroad and like in general, not even just like international, but I think travel has honestly been incredible at teaching me how to see and like the way that I view the world versus sitting in a dark room. However, I do feel like getting those, um, you know, just having those projects where you were focusing on composition and you were focusing on, um, inanimate objects and, um, you know, still lives. Like that's the kind of stuff I used to do. Like, but I did get to shoot on a four by five, um, camera, which was really exciting. Mm. Um, and then I learned, you know, how to use even just like a Holga and like all these other like medium format cameras, um, and just learning the art of making my own from start to finish, like creating Mm -hmm. an image like that. You can't really get anywhere else. I mean, nobody really has a dark room. You know what right. I mean? Well, I was going to so. say, I feel like hearing, I didn't know that this was your experience. And I feel like that comes through so clearly in the evolution of your work like, yeah. versus somebody that, that maybe doesn't have like the formal, like fine art education that just picks up a camera one day and is trying to learn the art of photography through just like trial and error and practice, you know, getting like, that was not me family (laughs) sessions. But I think, I think that's so cool. And it almost, I feel like does give a nod to like, Hey, formal, like photography education isn't Mm -hmm. like all that. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, cause I feel like people get photography degrees expecting them to learn like maybe the business side. And I feel like that's not taught. Would you agree with that? Yes. I feel like I mean, I don't know what they're doing now, but I do feel like having any sort of business class within the creative community, like just niche down into that would be so beneficial for people, especially in that age, because there's so many new photographers that are so young and they are just flying by the seat of their pants, which I can appreciate. Um, That just wasn't me, but I do feel like me learning the business side of things. Um, obviously I'm still learning every year, but I feel like I was never taught that. So like, honestly, even now we have a great system in place, but 
it took a lot of trial and error. And then we had, you know, we obviously have a CPA who's amazing. If it weren't for him or just like, I don't know, the organized chaos of my life, then <laughs> it would be a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be said too for, you know, like you said, Kaylee, like there's, you had opportunities to learn how to like operate in a dark room and how to, you know, shoot on these medium format cameras and just different things that is so cool. So I think there's, I love that you're like, yeah, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. There were yes. things that I loved. There's things that I, I, you know, look back and I'm like, was that worth it? But at the end of the day, you know, like Lindsay said, whether it's truly just your eye or some of your training and experience also ties into it. Either way, you can tell that there's, there's something so rich and deep in some of your work that that is like a timeless like art form. And maybe that's all just you, but maybe some of it also does come from some of that experience. And if so, then hey, worth it because your work yes, is gorgeous. <laughs> thank you. No, and I last thing I'll say too about just that um, degree and kind of going into that um, major in school was just like all of the other types of you know, art that we got to experience. Like you had yeah. to take certain classes, obviously, like, you know, even just taking like oil painting. And, um, we, I did a lot of, um, drawing, figure drawing, all of those things like art history, like all of that is just amazing when you're thinking, you know, even just through texture and color and mm -hmm. shape and all the fundamentals of art in general, not even like based in photography just as a whole, yeah. um, that's also something that you don't really get just out in the real world unless you, you know, you don't know what you, <laughs> you don't know. I don't yeah, Like if right. you're looking at a certain, you know, color or shape, you kind of just, you know, if you are attracted to it or inspired by it, but knowing like where it comes from and yeah. how it's even created or made is also a bonus of, yes. of that type of like program. I love it. Well, that's so excited for the rest of this conversation. I'm really sorry. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm mentally thinking about the questions that we are going to ask. <laughs> well, I just want to, before we move on to like the next question, I just want to throw out there because this gets me excited because I took some, a couple of like a photography and a film class at a local college when I was in high school. And I know that there are classes that you can either like opt into that are at colleges or you can just, you know, sign up for local classes or local artists who teach them. So hearing you talk, Kaylee, just gets me excited of like, oh man, maybe it'd be fun to like, like I'm starting to get into film yeah. and I'm like, it'd be fun to like learn too, like you're saying about like oil paintings and just different, like kind of that full art experience. And it's just triggering me to be like, Hey, even if you don't go to college for it, even if you're way past college, there's got to be classes or things oh, that you can sure. sign up for. So yes. I'm just throwing that out there to anyone who's listening to Kaylee, who's like, man, I love the idea of like having more training just in art as a mm -hmm. whole. And you could probably go sign up for classes somewhere if you want to. So just throwing that out there before we dive into the rest of this episode. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, my next question for you then is, where, I guess... Where did your photography journey begin as far as like when you first started practicing and maybe even before it was like technically a business? Yeah. Even before it was even just a part-time business, like what did you start shooting first? I mean, because now you shoot weddings, couples, and families. And even you, I feel like you do like artsy portraits that are incredible and editorial and beautiful. But like where did it... How, how has it evolved over time, I guess is the question. Yeah, that's a great question. I... 
once I kind of knew what I was doing with my camera, like once I kind of got more into, I'd say like the first couple years of college, again, I was mostly using film because in that four years, we didn't get into digital until like, honestly, like the beginning of my senior year, like that's not even an exaggeration. So I was still, I still had a digital camera, but I wasn't really getting creative with it until like the end of college. So before I was kind of just messing around with film and doing again, just like projects, still lives, like not even really shooting people. And then I feel like I started getting more into digital and just kind of messed around again, more so with just like scenes and landscapes and things like that. And then I was the girl who used to like make my friends model for me. So even back in like my senior year of college, my one of my friends, Whitney, I would make her like, it's like 30 degrees out. And I would be like, we're going <laughs> to go to like, we're going to scout around and find... Like I was scouting you guys like back in college for no real reason, just to like find something new and beautiful. Yeah. So I would find like, we lived in, I mean, Manhattan is very like, um, Manhattan, Kansas is very, you know, rural for the most part. We had like golden grasses and fields and things and all of that kind of. Did you go to K-State? Yeah, I went to K-State. Yeah. I didn't know that. I went to KU. Okay. Right. You're rivals. (laughs) You know. Yeah. We're rivals. (laughs) Um, But so, you know, like Lawrence is very similar. It's just, I would kind of scout around. and It's like tall cream grass is what you got. That's really it. it. Yes. So I would just like get my friends um, and have them dress up. So again, the fashion piece was still there from that far back. Um, And then not to mention going into retail, but before, because I worked retail in college as well and like did all kinds of things. But um, yeah, I would just kind of start with my friends, you know, when it comes to human beings, like having them kind of model for me and just figuring things out. And then um, I... Yeah, left college, was still not doing too much shooting, but um, I forgot to mention too that my senior year, I had my friend ask me to do her wedding. So that's kind of the first wedding that I took on was I was, yeah, like 18, 19, um, or not 19. I was like 20 because <laughs> I graduated um, at 21. I was like, a young, I'm on the younger end of that. But um, I was asked to do her wedding, kind of a similar story to most people that are like, oh, they just asked me because I'm a friend and blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't really sure, but I just kind of went for it. It's it was one of those drug. things. Yes. <laughs> so it was really beautiful though. Like the, I just remember the bridals alone. I shot in this like abandoned, like brit, like limestone building that was like, it was so beautiful. So I even have those. So in my course, I actually go back through um, in the storytelling chapter and talk through um, my first weddings and my first families. Or not my first families, because I'm saving that. But my first weddings and portraits. Wow. So you'll get to see like those exact images. And they're really fun to go back on. And like I was connecting pieces from that to my now, my current portfolio. And it's insane the way that like, I had no idea that I was like, that I did that back then. And so I do side by side comparisons of work from 2010 versus 2021 um, in the course, which is really cool. But after that wedding, I, I finally realized how much I love love and that I wanted to start shooting more couples and more weddings. And it kind of just went from there. So then I went into weddings. Um, and then families, I, I lived in Manhattan for a year after college and I ended up shooting a couple of my friends' babies, like just doing 
more newborns, but I still like my first, like one of my first newborn shoots, I, we took this baby out in like by a river. This sounds terrible, but we had (laughs) the Moses moment. Continue. just baptized her. Uh, just <laughs> kidding. But we, I set up like this really fun chair and we got like, I don't know. It was just, I, I was just already thinking more like artsy, fine art editorial, even with like my first newborn shoots. But, um, that's kind of when the family like realm started was then. And then, um, it kind of just, kept going as far as newborns go. I worked in the hospital doing photos, you guys. Like you did. Yes. Yes. Like I did a lot. Like I worked for one of those companies, but it was actually a decent one. I know there's some, I haven't been in that position, but I know that there's some that are kind of cheesy, but I did work for one, um, for like two years. So I've photographed like I'm not even over 200 newborns, like in a hospital setting. So I mean, just, and then I would get work from that. So like these families would end up liking how I made them feel more so than like what I'm creating, just because it's kind of a, you know, you can't really get too creative with, with a hospital room. Yeah. (laughs) You're limited. (laughs) Yeah. But they ended up hiring me outside of that. And that's kind of when like the more, um, not traditional family sessions, but just more of like the, we just want these for like a card or we just want these for like this specific season of life, like only when the newborn is, you know, Mm -hmm. this or more of a milestone type of shoot. Um, So I've been doing families since, I mean, that's, I don't even know what year that was, but basically they were still colliding, like weddings and families and couples. They were still merging and merging and merging until I figured out that I liked all of it which I know right, we might end up getting into that. So, but that's, <laughs> no, like, that's let's, I want to <laughs> dive into that right freaking now. Okay. Like, I am so excited to ask you this question because genuinely there is, I, I, I even agree with this concept, but you are like the freaking and all. Okay, so let's just talk about niche for a second because yeah. I think it, it's buzzy in the photography world on like, hey, pick a niche, pick something that you're known for and that like, you don't want to be, I, I, I kind of call it like the, the jack of all trades, kind of like the China buffet. Like you have mediocre <laughs> work because you're dipping your toe in like to concerts yeah. and to newborns and to bar mitzvahs and to weddings and to senior, like all the things, right? And I think right. there's a stigma on when you try to, cater to absolutely everybody, you don't really end up doing any of it well. But literally every single time I genuinely say, okay, but genuinely go follow Kaylee from Kansas because she's the anomaly. (laughs) She genuinely does this. But in my opinion, I almost feel like you do have a niche, but it comes in your style versus your Mm -hmm. clientele. I don't know. I would, I'm just so eager to pick your brain and to understand what you think about this because like literally you don't just shoot just couples or just weddings but you do it all in a way, I feel like that's very consistent still. And in my brain, that still argues for the niche, but I don't know. I, I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, no. And I, I've heard so many people, even, you know, just some people I've mentored where they're like, oh, this photographer, told, not, they didn't drop any names, but you know, just like, you can't do everything. You can only do one thing. You have to niche down. You have to do this. It's like, I personally love doing everything. Um, I'm just one of those, like, again, in college, I was working like two different types of jobs. Like in high school, I was working two jobs. I just, I've always liked having just, I don't know, just having a different, 
um, like having a creative outlet and then kind of going into more of like a serving job or like retail or whatever. But I do think that people who are niche though, like I know so many photographers that kill weddings, like they're so good at it. And I honestly though, don't know if they've even given themselves a chance to try something else. Um, because they've just been like, so in weddings that they don't even have a free minute to try anything else. But I also think that maybe they have, and they love just doing one thing. But as far as, um, what you're saying with it being consistent, which is definitely, I strive to be consistent. Um, so much of this goes back to just the, my core values and like how I see people and subjects. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be a, you know, a baby or, you know, some grandma at a wedding or like a couple. I always prioritize and infuse those values into every type of subject matter. And I talk through this so much in my course, which I don't want to keep talking about, but just in general, that's kind of the main basis of that was I wanted people to understand that like these types of values, like light and storytelling and composition, they're such a part of me and like the way that my imagery comes, comes alive and just like how I see people. Um, so as far as I do feel like I'm one of the only people that do everything. Um, and I, I wish more people, you know, did try new things. I always encourage everyone to do more personal projects and personal work. Um, but again, like if I would have tried out families and I will say, actually, let me go back as far as families go, I have again done everything from, you know, a first birthday party to a newborn in a hospital room to more of like a mini session to more of like, you know, a Christmas card priority. And then I've gone like, through doing shoots for 45 minutes to 90 minutes to now two hours. Um, and I just finally found my, my stride and just like where I feel comfortable and most inspired. And that is like a two hour time frame, which has a lot more going on than it sounds like we're definitely not shooting for that long, right? but it's just the perfect amount of time for me to be completely like inspired and, um, connected to them but it took that long to get to this point. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, I, it, it did take a little while. Um, but again, if I tried out maternity or newborns and I didn't like it then, which I have done that I've done seniors and I've done more branding projects. Like the only time you see branding from me or like more portraits with like either women that I work with or admire, it's, it's mostly for a trade or it's because, um, I really, really was like blown away by their vision, you know, like a personal Um, project, like a personal project almost. So anything like that, um, I, I love, but as far as, um, you know, seniors, for example, like I definitely tried it. I think I only did like three and I was like, this is, I can't, (laughs) you know, and and some people are like so good at them, you know, like Dawn does them like so well. And she does so many of them. Um, so I think that ultimately you can do more than one thing. I think you just have to find those, those values and like what you pick out from all your work. Like I love doing exercises where like we do imagery that are that are yours versus imagery that isn't yours. I do this exercise in my mentorships and I find those commonalities and like those consistencies that they don't see because they're the ones shooting it. But yeah. also like, how can we get you to this 
this point in your career and business and artistry. Um, and there's so many little things that I notice about people's work that they don't see. And it's yeah. nuts. It's, it's really, it's a cool exercise. So I did that for myself. And the main thing I found, this was like years ago, was like, I loved hands and like connection with, within that. So there were so many images that I pulled that were mine, um, that involved like hands connecting. So in mm. turn, that's like, oh, I love that type of connection. And that was just a huge awakening within the, you know, finding those values. So I, love I hope that, that all makes sense. But Oh, that makes, <laughs> that makes so much sense. That was so much wisdom too. And I think there's there, you just gave so much permission of like, Hey, try new things. Like, you know, I tried seniors and I didn't like them and I love mm-hmm. families that, you know, like that, just that, that voice of like, Hey, here's a different side of the, the niching down topic. And I don't know if you know this, but Lindsay and I are, are big, uh, educators of niching down. But even yeah. one thing we say is we really encourage it to like, I don't even know what stage, beginner to intermediate photographers. We're like, in the beginning, try everything out because you don't know what you love. Like, mm-hmm. try everything. Try families, try seniors. But when you're really ready to start building your business and be known as an expert for something, that's when we say, like, pick one to two things and really just get good at it, build a clientele, serve them well. And then we encourage, like, at the end, like, as you've built your business, as you've grown, as you're established as an expert, somebody who's really good at what you do, you have that freedom to then expand even further and to be like, well, now, you know, I'm well known for my experience, like you, Kaylee, I'm well known for my artistry, for this, you know, through line, this consistency in my work. Um, And I'm like loving to do multiple things. I love doing portraits, couples, weddings, families, you know, and I think that's like, even your, your perspective of just like, Hey, have you tried other things? Like, have you, have you done other stuff? Like, have you found that consistency in your work that allows you to be able to do more than just one thing and to find joy in all of it, even personal yeah. projects, if that's all somebody really wants to do. Like, I love that permission. I think that's so necessary for creatives to hear so that we don't end up feeling too boxed in and then feeling like lifeless in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would never want someone to just be in weddings for, let's say, like even four to five years or whatever and just feel like they're trapped because yeah. um, you definitely aren't. And I, I do feel like you know, if, if you don't like, for example, even with weddings within my business, I, every single year I figure out like what even just guest count, like where I feel comfortable and free to create and just like, you know, even just the type of wedding day, like every year it kind of becomes more clear and I get a lot more clarity after doing so many, like I've done so many. And so I think again, experience within, you know, just that, let alone the experience that you're giving your clients. So for me, it's also about like getting to a point where maybe you're taking less, um, and you can really give them like a thousand percent of yourself when you're there. That's kind of where I'm at now, but I love that you, you guys do, you know, talk about niching in that sense, because I do feel like I tried a lot of different things at the beginning and I just ended up liking more than I thought, Yeah, <laughs> which a lot of people would they be do. like, oh. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's great. 
for sure. I love well, it. and I love even, even you said like with your mature, with your family sessions, you're like, Hey, I tried literally everything and I found my flow and what I do best and what, you know, creates the best experience and art with like a, a two hour session. And I would almost mm-hmm. even argue like that's technically niche. Like that's finding your thing mm-hmm. and like owning it, you it's know, a micro niche. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I again, I, I was just not happy to, I've never done many sessions and I get asked, you know, all the time, like why, or like not much so much anymore, but just my brain literally like does not work that way. Like I cannot be rushed into a creative concept, even if it's something like as easy as you're setting up a Christmas scene yeah. for every single person. That to me is so just personally is not special. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to them at the end of the day. Like that's not what their family is like. Their family is much, I don't know. I think for me, it's so much more special when they're doing something like that they do at home or outside or it's somewhere that they've made memories at like versus that. I know there's a time and place to have holiday cards. I totally get it. I might even become that person. I don't know. Like I might be that mom that's like, we have to get a Christmas card. <laughs> yeah. but I get it. But for me, just, I can't, I can't do it. But I yeah. love that people do it. So that way clients can have that. Like the ones that do, you know, cherish those. I think it's nice that people offer, but I do feel like a lot of the time they either do it like people that I've either taught or come to me it sometimes gets to a point where they just feel like they have to because they've done it maybe the last three years or because they need that like money. And I would hate to have someone not really be passionate about something just because they've done it every single year. So they feel like they're obligated to offer it, you know? Yeah. So I'm remembering ironically. So you took our family photos right after Annalise was born last November and I don't think you know this, but we used one of the photos <laughs> from that shoot for our Christmas card that year. But it was one where it, it was so your style because it was literally like all of us on our bed. And Eloise was like, I don't even, she oh, was like yes, upside down. It like, it wasn't like a cute, perfectly posed. Everyone's looking at the camera photo. And like, <laughs> right. like she was just doing something that was so hysterical and funny. And I was like, this is just like so perfectly her. depicting her. But like literally many people were like, oh, because all of me, Andrew, and Anna were like smiling. And then she was like a flop in the beginning of the event. And people were like, wait, where's Eloise? And I was like, look again. She's there. <laughs> she's that blob. No, and that's so great. Funny. Like there's, if you use one of my photos for Christmas card from a, an actual session that we do, all the power to you. That's amazing. I would You're love like, that. I'm just not going to I'm do, just not going to sit yeah. you down in front of a fake Christmas tree and a bed <laughs> and be like, yo, you got to smile yeah, and no. I'm going to do all these ridiculous things behind you. So you can like, I never want to force emotion like that. Yeah. I can't, I just can't do it. And again, to each their own, I'm, I'm glad it exists for, for people that value that. But again, like I've, I've, done not quite that, but I've done something similar. And even just the time constraint for me is, is too much. Like I've, I've, there's a reason that again, some of that emotion comes out and the photos I get, it's, it's not just because I know what I'm doing. It's, it's so much more about giving them the space that they need to get to that point of like vulnerability and just being comfortable you can't do that in 30 minutes. You just can't. Like it's Amen. impossible. So I cannot agree with that more. I'm over here like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, I yeah. love that you mentioned, Kaylee, you know, 
you will never force emotions. So I kind of want to touch on capturing emotions and kind of evoking feelings through your images because you do that so beautifully. So was that something that has kind of come naturally to you or something that you really had to work at when you first became a photographer? So I think it's a little of both. Like I feel like for me, so much of getting emotion out of people is creating an intentional environment and like creating comfort and just being able to, again, make them comfortable, which is hard. Um, But I do feel like just even personality alone plays such a big role. Like I'm, I'm slowly becoming more of like an, an extroverted introvert, but I used to be even more extroverted than I am now. I think just getting older, I'm kind of like (laughs) becoming less and less, but I feel like (laughs) just owning your personality is key for me. Like, I feel like I just can talk to anyone. Um, my dad is the same way. Like I know I got it from him and I feel like that's not something you can teach. And that's not something that you just always like nobody, you know, not everyone has that Mm -hmm. ability to just make someone comfortable. Um, and I feel like you can connect to someone over literally anything. It can be something so surface, but it can also be so much deeper. And the more that I've grown, not only like in my business, but as a person and like the older I get, the more I experience. And so whenever I'm shooting, like even a family for or wedding. It doesn't matter. I think if I have done what they're, what I'm documenting, then I have so much more of like a toolkit basically to then make that as authentic and genuine as I can, because I've been there. So it's not saying like, if I don't, and I don't even have kids yet, but I still feel like I do a really good job of documenting a family. Um, not only is it because I've experienced so many different families because I've shot so many different families, but I feel like I can really create an environment to where they are not even posing. It's just, I'm just observing them. So mastering the art of observation is like a huge thing that I've worked on for so many years. And that's been a huge like tool for me. Um, but again, just with emotion too, not only is it about, you know, the subject, but your environment and surroundings, like so much of my favorite work when it comes to like outdoor sessions, some of that is because of like gusts of wind and maybe it rains and we don't realize, and there's mist in the air and there's fog and there's like movement and play those types of things like make the imagery more emotive, but it's also like, again, you know, collaborating with your subject to create like what feels like them, but also you're still, you know, again, infusing those core values into it. So I feel like some of it has been just embedded in me based on my personality and the way I grew up and like my story and, you know, the way, um, that I've seen the world. But I also think like experience plays a huge role because now when I go to weddings, for example, like it's like, I don't have any living grandparents. So whenever I'm looking at them, like it's, I always have to get a portrait and I even just edited, I finished a wedding yesterday and there's a shot of just the grandparents and I cropped, like, I actually did this in like in the moment, but I shot where it was just them holding hands. Um, you couldn't even see their faces. And then 
there's one where like the grandma's holding the bride's hand and just getting that, you know, that connection, Mm. it would mean the world whenever, God forbid, you know, they look back at that once she's passed, which is so much more too about honoring like legacy, which is a huge, you know, part of why I do what I do. So that was kind of, again, a long, a long response, but I (laughs) so good. I want you to imagine this for a second working with your team on a project and you're just trying to do everything over email. Things seem to work well enough at the beginning, but once you start adding more than a couple of people or sharing more than a couple of files, the entire project becomes absolute chaos. Legit, managing projects is honestly tough enough, but it's a struggle to juggle people, work, and expectations under pressure. But the problem is like many project management platforms make it even harder by overcomplicating things, leading teams to abandon tools when the promise fades and frustration sets in. That's when teams turn to Basecamp. Okay, famously straightforward and effective, teams stick with it and projects thrive on it. Basecamp makes it possible to collaborate on projects without having to waste time. Teams that use Basecamp send less emails and have fewer meetings. If you are struggling with projects and team communication, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all of their features in a single plan. No upsells and no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com forward slash heart and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel any time. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best, and you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? <laughs> okay. And your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking and you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry. That's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now, we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt, even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before. And you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. Oh, I literally have so many questions in my brain. I'm like, okay, I gotta freaking hone it in. Um, I I could imagine a listener listening to this that maybe is like somewhat new to photography, or maybe they've been in a few years, but they're like looking at your work and they're just like, I don't even know how I would even get 
there. Mm-hmm. And and I could I could imagine, especially when someone's first starting their photography journey and they're they're just like getting any and every session possible. And and the families that they're probably getting are those kinds that are like, hey, I want like this superposed in front of a Christmas tree for a family photo. Like, but but they're maybe saying like, oh, but I want to do what Kaylee's doing. Like that's that's like the goal that I have in mind is to have more of an artsy, emotive, like like moment, but mm-hmm. but it feels like what I'm getting in the moment isn't that. And like there's like this this tension and dichotomy of how do I how do I get there when this is what I've been given? If that makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. Um and so I would love to know like was there, did you ever struggle with that too? And it, cause there's a fine line, like you don't want to curate like your people, like you don't want to like tell a family like, oh, hey, you can't wear that, you know, Mickey Mouse shirt or okay, that's yeah. maybe a bad example, but like, I don't know. Did you ever no, deal totally with the struggle of like wanting to create art, but, but what you're given is hard to, but that sounds so bad. Does that no, make I, sense? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. There's a couple things I can, I can speak on about that. I feel like, um, I completely understand. Yeah. What you're saying. And you, yeah, you definitely don't want to curate someone's life. Like you don't want to be in control, uh, of their life. You want to be in control of, of your eye and what you're using to shoot them. Um, and I think that what I, when it comes to families, like what I did, which I feel like is pretty accessible as far as But again, you have to be okay with doing something as a result of just portfolio work. Mm -hmm. Like, so with families, I used to get, again, these families that came out of the hospital, they weren't necessarily, we weren't like connecting as well as I would have hoped. And I just was taking what I could, just like everyone. They're like, oh, we'll just take on whatever we want, especially or whatever we can get, especially if you're getting into photography or you're getting into a new like realm, like, like families, um, I think what's helped me is for one, during those quick sessions, I would still somewhat experiment. And when I'm observing, a lot of those emotive moments come with the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. So like if, you know, the mom is reaching out for the kid, like the little's hand and you're getting cropping in to get that, or there's like, again, a gust of wind or there's, you know, you, you are observing this family or even just a mother and her babies or one baby or whatever it is. And there are things I promise you, cause I see it every family session. There are things that moms inherently do that is it there. It's incredible to see it over and over and over, but it's, it's done so differently because it's still, you know, it's in a different room. It's in a different light. It's in a different like stage of life for that little, like whether it's a baby or a toddler, but I can still anticipate it happening because I've seen it so many times, mm-hmm. which is super special. Like I love getting that. So as far as getting the work that you want, or at least the imagery that you want, and you're still getting those like quick sessions or just families that maybe are wearing something that's super distracting or not timeless. Um, I do encourage people to wear neutrals in a sense, but still have like a little pop here and there, or have a little texture because I want them to be timeless. So I try to push that, you know, on them a little bit, like as far as this is why I even have a say in outfitting or wardrobe. But what I used to do is either take a little segment of time at the end of a shoot and then ask them if you can create freely. Basically like we have 10 minutes left. Um, 
you already have whatever you need, like whatever they hired you for, like whatever you may think they hired you for, you have that. So now it's like, maybe it is blue hour already because you want to make sure they get that golden light, you know, but maybe it's either the end of that or blue hour. And this could be for anything, couples, weddings, whatever. I used to basically ask permission almost to carve out that 10 minutes, even 10 minutes. It can be more or less um, of time and just, I would experiment. So I would do like more movement, more slow shutter, more of a unique perspective where like I used, you know, I started getting like laying down and getting just the sky. And now that's kind of blown up, um, which is beautiful to see because I love it. Um, And I think once I showed them those, they were like, oh my God, like I didn't even know this existed. Like I had no idea that I could, you know, like, I can't believe this is me. This looks like art. And it's because it, first of all, it's so different than what they know to be photography. Like they don't know until they see it. So a lot of times, even now I'll do the same thing and I'll do some weird things or I'll get down on the ground or like just shoot kind of interesting. And they, they trust me fully now, but it took a long time to get there. So I think that carving out some time at the end of a shoot, only showing what you want, which I know is, is an obvious one, but for all of those family shoots and weddings and stuff at the beginning of my career, where I wasn't connecting to it too well, I would only show, like, I would, I wouldn't even post it. So there's so many family photos from back in the day, like family sessions that I don't post. It's not because they weren't special or they weren't meaningful or I didn't enjoy working with them. Sometimes I didn't, but you know, <laughs> I'm not real lie. photographer talk but, here and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, this is my portfolio, like your website and Instagram, that is your baby, that is yours. So no one can tell you any different. And once I started sharing, because I ended up doing a family session for a friend for free, basically. I missed that part of Yeah. So I did a family session for her. I just knew from Instagram that she had an aesthetic that spoke to me where it was more about minimalism. Um, There were a lot of like warmer tones in her home. Her like her style, her personal style, I loved. And so I ended up asking her to shoot. She had a big following, which was kind of more of a bonus, but I felt like for once in my life with families, like I walked into her, like she had like a flat here in in Missouri. Um, And I was like, I can do whatever I want because Mm. there is no money exchanged and she has no expectations because she's seen my work, but like there's nothing that I need to do because again, we're collaborating and it's more about, you know, just experimenting. So once I did that, I posted that people finally were like, I want that because that seems real. Like I have a photo of a mom brush or cutting her daughter's bangs, which I talked about in um, a workshop once. Cause my, my friend Nico was like, Hey, like I want you to do family photos for us. Like I want you to just come over, do an in-home. And she was like, I really kind of want to cut Maribel's bangs, but like, is that weird? And I was like, no, she goes, cause we do it like once every so often. And I think it would be really special. And so granted her living room or her dining room was beautiful. She had like a huge monstera and she had like a wooden table, but like that whole idea of like capturing that moment versus Mm. them sitting on a bed, all facing me smiling is just like beyond what some people could know is okay to want or like, okay to get. So like once I posted that, even just that image, um, people were just so 
like it was just such a great reaction and like they were inspired. And I was like, there are no rules. Like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to show certain work and you don't, if you want to get those images like, like mine or someone else you admire, you just have to either, um, carve out the time in a page shoot. Um, and you have to show it, you have to talk about it. Um, or you can do some personal shoots where you do create that. Um, and give them permission to just do life like they always do. But yeah. instead of having the pressure of a, of you giving, of them giving you hundreds of dollars, they now have no, no pressure. And now my shoots are obviously paid, but they don't care. They don't care what we create. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think that it speaks to the trust. Yeah. Like your clients trust you no matter what. Like you could be sitting there like spinning your camera in circles and they would be like, this yeah. is going to be beautiful. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't be. And I think that's just like you are deliver on everything and build that communication and that trust with your clients before they book you. So they're willing to do whatever you think. <laughs> yeah, no, trust is huge. And again, I think like, especially with families, I know I keep harping on families, but I feel like like moms don't, they don't, realize that their everyday, like mundane, those mundane moments are like, they can be beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've had so many random things happen or like the kids and their personalities. It's like my favorite thing to shoot. And there's sometimes where they do something and like one of the parents gets like, not upset, but they're like, why are you doing that? Like be normal. Like whenever they say that, I like cringe. Like people have said that in shoots and I'm like, mm. no, no. Like just let them do this for like a second because you'll you'll want this later. Yeah. You know? Do you say that yes. in the moment? And again, I, I didn't mention this yet either, but I'm fairly transparent. Like I, I want them to trust me. So like I as far as making them comfortable again with like the intentional environment, I play music. Music is like a universal connector. Like it can no matter what. So that's super helpful, but also like giving them permission to be wild and crazy. The more wild these families are, the better for me. And I know it sounds nuts, but it's like, that's where, and I use like a continuous shutter. So that's kind of my like weapon. Like I, like you guys, like I wouldn't get some of these shots if it wasn't for that. And then yeah. I don't overshoot. I just use it for like any t- type of like movement, which kids move constantly. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's really helpful. So if you haven't tried that, definitely try it. Um, but again, like if, if, you know, something's out of place or like their little belly sticks out of their shirt and the mom instantly pulls the shirt back down, I'm like, no, like, I'm like, I know you don't want like just yeah, their belly out the whole time. But like, (laughs) there's some like, I love little kids' bellies. It's so cute. But even just like taking off the sweater and putting something else on like outside in a, in a field, like those in-betweens are my favorite. Like, I love it because it's so normal and every day, but it can be beautiful the way I shoot it and the way I see it, you know? Yeah. I love this. I have a very specific question, Kaylee, based on something you just said. What kind of music do you play and does it vary depending on each session or each like genre? Like, do you play something different for families than you would yeah. play for a couple sessions? Like, like I'm envisioning you're not playing Baby Shark. 
<laughs> I am not, but yes. I will do whatever. Honestly, you guys, like the bribery is real. Like parents yes. are champions. I'm like, bring whatever you want. And again, and I'll answer that too, Abby. But in my guide, I talk through all of these things. Like I have frequently asked questions where I talk about like, my house is a mess. Like my kid has a meltdown. Like, what do I do? What do you do? And I think a huge part of the way I'm successful within just families is like the chaos and like the meltdowns. And I, first of all, have seen it all, but I don't shy away from it. Like if you were new, like a newbie going into a family like that, you would be like, holy hell, I don't know what is happening. I cannot connect to it because I... I'm not there in my life probably, or I just don't have kids around me, or maybe I do, but I just don't enjoy it, whatever. Like I literally don't bat an eye. It's like, I just let one of the parents take whatever child off and and do their own thing. And I move on to whoever else is in front of me, or I even just do individuals of a kid. Like I just, I know the flow and the fluidity of, of what I need to do to get what I'm hoping for and what they're hoping for. But as far as music goes, what I do now is I usually ask them for a playlist on Spotify. So I just ask like in emails and communication, um, especially with couples, but I'm like, Hey, what do you guys like to listen to? I either have them give me like their top three artists or I have them literally send me a playlist. I've had people make them specifically for the shoot. Love it. Um, I just did a maternity session in Joshua Tree. She made a whole playlist for it. Love it. So then it's something they for sure connect to. And then yeah. I am like all across the board with music. So like I know so many different artists, so I can as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yes, I usually do. I usually ask them now. But before that, I... Um, I have like a mood playlist where it's like more upbeat. I have like more slower, like folky type music for families. So that way there's no like cursing and it's not super high end or like high energy. Um, but it's just kind of like a middle ground. Cause again, you don't want it to be like depressing, Yeah, but you don't want it to be like, yeah, like baby shark. No, if it, I mean, it's great. <laughs> like, you know, like if baby it works, it works. <laughs> It's maybe so, not the vibe that you want yeah. via like depicted via emotion. I don't know. But yeah, I, it's nice. I have a question that because like as you're talking, you also have such a soothing voice. And even like having experienced what it's like being with you on a session, y- you have a relaxing presence and it's very just letting the emotions and letting, you know, the 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 action play out and you're just like documenting, which is so great. But I have a question like how you deal with, I mean, you said the chaos or even like on a stressful wedding day, especially if you like wedding days when you aren't always in control of the circumstances, um, like they're outside of you. But I guess because your work is so, and you have that fine art background, but you have such a way of capturing emotion, but then also composition and color theory. Like, are you, I guess, how do you make space to create that art on a chaotic session or a stressful wedding day? Like, do you come to the session or the wedding with kind of like images in mind that you would love to get? Or do you kind of go with the flow on the wedding day? But then how do you do that when it's crazy? Does that question make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I know it probably sounds crazy. I, I do not go into any, pretty much any shoot with any idea of what's going on. There's so many people I hear on podcasts that are like, they for sure scout, they go to the venue, they kind of like 
have the inspo in their mind. They, you know, have an exact, they go at the exact time that they're going to do couple portraits, which is all amazing. It definitely sets you up, right? I'm such a weirdo and I like the unexpected and like everything. So I, the only time that I pull inspo specifically for shoots is editorial shoots where they're conceptual. Cause that okay. is something that it just needs to be. And it's fun. And I can really experiment with actual posing and like the wardrobe is like beyond what I could have for a, a regular couple session or a portrait session. Um, all that to say though, I, I do think a lot of like the art comes from again, the unexpected. So there's so many times where like, I like verbally gasp sometimes during shoots and people <laughs> that are like, like even on, um, editorial shoots with a team and they know that something good's happening when I, when I do that. And it doesn't <laughs> happen like super often, but it's happened like so many times where on a wedding day, yeah, it's, it's definitely chaotic. Um, but like maybe the lights hitting a certain way, it's all about for me, light is like number one. So I, I do play a lot with light and I feel like that like even for detail photos, like I had a wedding recently, they had a beautiful, beautiful tent outside. And it wasn't even the time I was supposed to be shooting details. We were just kind of in an in-between pause for like five minutes. And I like walked into the tent and the light was just incredible. And it was shining just on one plate. And I luckily, again, I've played with so much light. I know how to get my settings perfect for those types of shots where they aren't your perfectly lit. Every single plate is is crisp and lit, but it was just focused on one. So that to me is more art than a full tablescape, like from above that's like yeah. six plates, like perfectly set. Mm-hmm. I like embrace all the mess. So even one of my favorite things at weddings to get is at the end of the night when let's say they do either a swap, like it just happened at Joshua Tree where all the tables were outside and the dance floor was on like a little bit to the left. So everyone got up and went to the dance floor and everything is left. So all of the remnants of like a good time, all of the drinks, all of the random misplaced, like there's maybe a bag, like a clutch or like, like all of the what's left is what I love to shoot. So like I'll shoot it with flash and I love that shot because it just shows like the good time that was had at that table, like the community that was sitting there, the conversations that were had, but they're not there anymore. Like those people are gone. Um, I love shooting what's left over, but I also obviously run to the dance floor after. Um, But as far as like the chaos during maybe like couple portraits, I mean, there's been so many times where we have way less time. Um, I actually had a recent wedding where the dad um, came down to where we were shooting and like, whispered into the bride's ear something very very weird very just like I didn't know what was going on and it's this weird thing where I want to prioritize my couple like they are my number one over anyone over a planner over anybody and so I want to advocate for them yeah as much as I can so when he he basically just wanted them to come up it wasn't anything bad but I told her I was like we have you know, I really just want like two more minutes here because this is the only time we have. Yeah. And these are the only portraits we're going to get. And those ended up being her favorite. And she verbatim told me later that she's so happy that we stayed down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me so much, I just make it happen. And if it's impossible, 
then I just try to like, I've made some great work when they're walking back somewhere. Like if we had just shot, we're walking back. I'm like, as they're walking, like, or I'll lay down and have them in the sky, like as they're walking past me, or I just tell them like, Hey, like, give me like 10 seconds. Yeah. And they do it because they know that, you know, that I, that I'm passionate about it. I think again, like your energy, it's, you need to, (laughs) they're going to go off of that as well. Like if you feel confident and you're like, you're gasping at like light or the way the dress is, is blowing in the wind or the way that he's getting something out of her face or whatever it is. If you exude that confidence and show them that that light is quite literally just amazing, then they feel it. And then they naturally have that emotion, like Mm -hmm. replicate. It's like, you know, you just want, like, if you're kind of like, Oh, like, I think we're okay. Like if they're like, oh, are we done with photos? You're like, yeah, that's good. You know, we're good. Or you're like, no, no, no. Like this light's so beautiful. You know, I think just asking for what you want because you know, I've regretted so many times where I've driven by a location on the way to another one and the light was incredible. And I was too nervous and too like timid at that moment to say anything. Yeah. And then I still thought about it the whole night. Oh. I was like, what if we would have pulled over right there? Relatable. So, you know, so now it's like, I just try to, again, advocate for them, try to get what I want as far as light, uh, especially, but I don't ever want to force it. So if they're like over it, yeah. then I'll find art in other spots of the wedding day. Like I, I do think that it, it can be non-subject related for sure. Like I love Mm -hmm. details. I love, um, the nature aspect of wedding days, like getting the way that it feels as much as you can in an image versus video with little things like little parts of the day. Um, so I, yeah, to make it simple with your question, (laughs) I, I try to, to carve it out. Like I do try to encourage them if something's really great at that moment, um, I, I tell them, like, I'm not afraid to be like, we do not have, like, especially if it's a strict timeline, which again, I'm trying to get away from those types of weddings. Yeah. Like I'm trying to get away from the weddings that do end up chaotic in that sense, yeah. because I feel so defeated and stumped and just like stripped, like my creativity is stripped, yeah. which has happened already once or twice this year. And it sucks, yeah. you know? And it's not even because I need it for my portfolio. I just need it because I want to show them what this looks like yeah. when you're not having to rush. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love just the fact that you're like, hey, sometimes, you know, timeframes are like, you can't, you can't always have an hour for romantic portraits with your couple, but right. you can still like tell, you know, tell <laughs> stories and, and create art and tell the story of their day around their day as well. And not just, you know, them as the couple in for like an hour or whatever. I just love that approach and that perspective. And kind of as we're starting to wrap up this episode, we have two, one's kind of a doozy of a question. The other one should be pretty easy. Two okay. questions to kind of like wrap us up. Yeah. The doozy will go first. You can take as long as you need to think about <laughs> this one. But what is the biggest lesson that you have learned in all of your years of business? Okay. So there's probably a few that I've, I could probably name off. Um, one of which is prioritizing my mental health. 
which I think yeah. is so important. And I feel like I definitely am a work, like I wouldn't say workaholic. I mean, in a sense. Um, so I just, you know, in 2021, it was like my, my worst year ever as far as my mental health um, thus far as, as like in my business. Yeah. Um, but I made some of my best work and it was incredible. But I just feel like I need to scale back enough again to give anyone who's in front of my lens, like my 1000% self, um, my present self and just all of my energy, um, versus shooting like more. Yeah. Mm. And then that goes hand in hand too, with just like recognizing my own value. Cause I'm really, I'm really bad with pricing myself. Like I've had India mentor me, um, another girl mentor me as far as like, we just did a pricing audit even, um, I'm finally starting to realize the value in the way that I see and like approach Mm -hmm. sessions. It doesn't matter what it is. And I'm finally feeling as of, you know, just this next little like update with my guides and pricing. Like I finally feel like, which I've been told to charge even what I'm charging now, like three years ago, (laughs) but um, it's so hard because I... And I talk through this now, like I actually added this question into my newest guide with families specifically where, um, because I feel like weddings, they understand the value typically. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, like there's such a difference between myself and other wedding photographers. But as far as families, I finally put this question in of like, you know, I want them to also understand the value and I want to be transparent with them. Um, So I ended up like, adding it in. Um, and I think it's going to be super helpful as far as me kind of explaining why that, like why I charge that and, um, you know, the value in myself. Um, and I talk through how, like, I'm grateful to all of my clients that have been with me for years and those who've encouraged me to like stand firm. Cause I have had clients who, who do understand it and want to move forward with me. But yeah, what I've like witnessed throughout the past like decade and like what I've learned and photographed has made me a better artist. And then, you know, in turn has allowed me to like curate an extraordinary product and experience. So like, that's why that has increased. Um, so I think just like honoring myself and, and recognizing my own value just in that sense has been a struggle. Um, and then lastly, I feel like it's, which I'm still learning this one. Um, but as far as asking for help, cause I, have to be in control. Like I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I'm like, it's, <laughs> I, I like a good challenge, which I think <laughs> does play a role in the way that I shoot as well. Like I think having the challenge of even just environment within the Midwest and the way that I've learned to, I guess, I mean, I've had to kind of play with very little when it comes to landscapes and environments. So I think that's a lot of where my minimalism comes in and my, the way that I like things to be clean, no, not a lot of distractions, things like that, like compositionally and just kind of um, the way that I, yeah, my perspective on it. But yeah, I feel like asking for help has been, has been rough, like just having anyone help me within my business and just in general, like with friends and my partner and things like that. It's like, I, I need to be better about, yeah, asking, asking for help. So those would be, yeah, just a few for sure. Mm, those are that's gospel so, truth. I know. That's, so, <laughs> that's 
so good. Oh my goodness. Kaylee, I could literally stay on this call for like three more hours. Just <laughs> like you, you have such a soothing voice, but also like every single thing that you've given our listeners in this last hour has been an absolute gold mine of just, yes. just nugget of truth and education after truth and education. Um, so just thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story, sharing your experience and how you, how you see the world, how you shoot. Like I just, I can envision people that are listening right now that are like, y'all, this was the best. Uh, so thank you so much to wrap up. Where can everyone find you, follow you, see your work, book you, work with you, learn from you, all the things. Yeah. So my Instagram is Kaylee from Kansas, um, as well as my website and my education platform is called have heart. Um, so it's have underscore underscore heart, um, on Instagram and then it's have heart.education online. Um, yeah. I love Perfect. It. Kaylee, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, your heart. That wasn't intended to be a pun, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you seriously for spilling just everything here for us today. We are so grateful and I, I'm already inspired and ready to go out and shoot today. So yes. <laughs> I, know, I know our listeners are going to feel the same way. Thanks for having me.